This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Welcome to another another episode of Unlocking Astrology with the key master, the unlocker, the one and only Sam Reynolds. We did China, and thank you. I think, and somebody requested this, so I'm throwing it at you. Is there a chart for Palestine? Yes, and Israel. And Israel, okay. Where? What's the origin point? I remember my dad had a globe in his office. His office was down in the basement. So after uh, he would come home from the store, his corner store in North, he would come home to his basement to reconcile the books. And in that office, he had everything from a giant safe with a gun in it. And he had this globe and he had all, I mean, he was meticulous. And the globe he would show me this place called Palestine on the globe that he had. And I never lost that, you know, uh, because that was a land that was colonized, I think by Great Britain at some point. Um, And there were people there that that had a nation, right? And they had a governing body and they had leaders and, and a culture. So what's the origin point for Palestine? Oh, I mean, that, that's a, an excellent question. And I just want to remind listeners that there are multiple charts for any particular place, right? Because there's multiple points of origin. And when we talk about a thorny place as Palestine in terms of its history, we definitely have multiple origins. So the chart I have is for the chart um, that becomes what we know as the state of Palestine from November say, wait, but wait, when you say thorny, what, well, what let me, say? yeah. Okay. So, so November 15th, 1988, but you brought up a very good issue or point, which is the region that we now call Israel. The whole region at one point was called Palestine right, which is probably what your father was also talking about, definitely before 1948, and before even earlier when it was more of a British protectorate, quote unquote, right. And so at the point that Britain decides to give it to the Jewish people as the state of Israel, Palestine, as we know it, becomes reduced and the people who had inhabited that become more pushed to margins and into Jordan and Lebanon and margins of that, of their former country. So the creation of the state of Palestine, which is what we're pretty much talking about now, um, is from November 15th, 1988, when the Palestinian Liberation Organization declares it as a separate state from the state of Israel. And then is that Yasser Arafat's? uh... Correct. Okay. Okay. And I, as a kid, I vaguely remember, you know, it's, it's interesting living in America, our geopolitical knowledge is first shaped by the country that we live in, but uh, also shaped by the media, by, you know, our educational system, you know, so we are conditioned from little kids to pick sides and we're conditioned to say, these people are bad. These people are good. Um, I want to use this space to say all humanity is valid. Everybody has a right to live and exist. Um, There are no borders around humans. 
And, uh, and I feel like if we don't figure out how to live with one another, this whole human experiment is going to completely fail. The earth is gonna be okay. She will regenerate and repopulate. We may not be okay. So I, I think it's important that, you know, what do the stars say though? This, that's me talking, but what do the stars say? say well, okay. So, I mean, so we have a chart for, for Palestine. We have a chart for Israel. I can show, I can do the by wheel for both charts. I know you gave me the power to share. So I will share. Um, and I'm gonna put Palestine, the state of Palestine in the center. And give me one second and I'll share it. Okay. So let me explain, cause I know as I mentioned a few times, you know, when people are looking, it's one thing to look at a one at one chart, it's another thing to look at two charts. So in the center is the chart for the state of Palestine, which we believe was formed 140 AM in Jerusalem. And we could say Palestine, but for now it says Israel, just you know, in order to be able to locate it on the globe. And then it says Israel's independence on May 14th, 1948. 4.37 p.m. Tel Aviv, Israel. And yeah, so yeah, Israel is a tourist. Um, and, you know, people probably like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's all I'll say for now. But wait, wait a minute. <laughs> but it does. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me just say um, that absolutely makes sense when you say that, because there is a very when, when, when people talk about Torians being stubborn, there is an unyielding nature about, and this is, you know, for me as a Taurus, I always keep that at the forefront. And it's always a question that I ask myself, am I being unreasonably unyielding? Am I being, you know, unreasonably stubborn? I, I always pose that question because I'm always going to think I'm right. And then I'm, if I think I'm right, I'm doubling down, tripling down, and I will not be moved. So it makes perfect sense. I mean, and, you know, without, like you said, getting so much into sides and just looking at it as facts on the ground, the nation of Israel probably needed to be at its incipience because it almost didn't make it. I mean, it was, you know, if it hadn't had the intervention of, you know, military support from the United States and other countries over the years, and especially early on, the Six Days War and other things, it wouldn't have been around. Right. I mean, it was um, outnumbered in the number of countries that had assembled to challenge Israel. Um, so that's a determination. That's that's kind of a testament to its grit um, in, in being around, whether we want to feel it was justified in the establishment of Israel. You know, at this particular point, I'm giving my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, we have to recognize that the state of Israel is here to stay. I know there's some people, even along some of my Muslim brothers and sisters who feel like it, we just need to dismantle Israel. I don't think that's gonna happen. The whole Jewish, the Satmars, the, one of the largest uh, Orthodox Jewish sect believes that Israel should not be in the, in the space that it's true. Yeah, so I mean, go ahead, I'm sorry. Right, no, that's okay. But I, I don't think we're gonna have the dismantling of that nation in our lifetime. Right. So I don't think that's a realistic aspiration and goal. And some measure of that is testified by the grit of that Torian son. Now, 
what I did test, because um, I mean, many people have used the chart of Israel many times, and that seems to be accurate, you know, in terms of where it's pulled from. And, and, and if anyone's curious, it's pulled from when uh, Ben Goran, I believe the prime minister, declared Israel as independent. And this is a date that is consistently used, May 14th, 1948. Where I had some questions, because it was newer to me, is the question of this chart for the state of Palestine. But let me just show something, and this is the beauty of astrology. Now, we talked about it. We're really doing synastry, but we're doing synastry between nations. So what we have, Israel is 23 degrees, 41 minutes of Taurus. Boom. On the opposite end, we have the state of Palestine literally at 22 degrees and 49 minutes of Scorpio, directly opposite. They're directly at opposition to each other. Now, you might say, well, don't opposites attract? Yeah, but they also can repel, right? And so there's, there's being at odds and ex experience of being at odds. So I think this chart is remarkably accurate in terms of it being a chart that we can use for the state of Palestine, what we're looking at in the center. And um, so I think it, it does give some testimony. And what it does testify is that the state of Palestine, the Palestinian state, is about to go through some serious, not just growing pains, but whether it maintains the solidity of um, its nationhood during the next two years. Like even as this ends, whatever this conflict, as we can talk about war that's happening um, between Israel and you know the IDF on the ground in the Gaza Strip, Whatever happens, whether this comes to some measure of truth, I, I do believe that the Palestinian state is going to go through a major reformation during the next two years or within the next two years. Um, whether that means that Hamas, lose, Hamas loses control or... But Sam, I mean, we're watching it play out, Gio. We're watching it play out. So one could say, well, Sam, it clearly... Yeah. Clearly, first of all, Pal the Palestinians don't have any answer for the weaponry, for the military might, for uh, the allyship that Israel has. Of course, it's going through something that probably well, will be irreparable. Yes. So, yes, but let's also talk about some, like, I always like to talk about the facts on the ground in relation to the stuff. The facts on the ground is that even though this is a very strong heightened conflict, the Gaza Strip has been through this before, right? Even most recently, I guess, I think maybe 2018, again, maybe 2014, where Israel has definitely been bombing. Um, this is not new. What I think we're witnessing is not just Israel trying to flatline some aspects of resistance among the Pal Palestinian people, which it won't be able to do, but it will try. But I think Palestinians will have an inner reckoning on rethinking, especially over the next, you know, I think even it's starting now, on how they conceive of their future, which is different. Um, and, you know, if anyone's asking, I mean, people will ask, well, why? Why is this going to be different? There's a number of reasons, especially over the next year. Um, when I say next year, I mean more so 2022. 
So this particular planet, Jupiter, is, is here at the formation of this Palestinian state. What has just happened is that Jupiter has gone into Pisces and what we call as a square. Now, Jupiter is going to go back out of Pisces into Aquarius, but then later going toward the end of 2021 into 2022, he's going to go into Pisces again. And what I think that's going to signify is some measure of change within, I think, Palestine's enemy, which I would, I would think is Israel, that would need to either accommodate going toward the two-state solution or the one-state solution. Um, the one-state solution is where, you know, Palestinians are integrated fully and that we're talking about the nation of Israel. But things cannot and will not stay the same. So what I think is different is that we've gone, we've seen this kind of level of devastation in different ways in the Gaza Strip, you know, and true to form, you know, this particular chart highlights a Scorpio chart and Scorpio is very much associated with kind of coming up from the ashes and the Phoenix and also resurrecting and has a very strong Pluto. This is what Palestine has been doing, you know, in terms of how Israel has encroached on its territories while simultaneously bombing and leveling and Palestine keeps kind of rebuilding. Um, so I think it's going to be a point where it rebuilds, but it's going to have to restructure. And so it's not going to be the same. It can't. So how, all right, what do you think is going to happen based on this chart? Based on this chart, you're saying there's going to be one state where the Palestinian people are going to be absorbed into what we know as Israel. There won't be a, that's a that's one possibility. Or, or there'll well, be a, the American, you know, most of the world um, has been fond, you know, including the United States, of fostering the two-state solution, um, allowing them to kind of coexist um, and recognizing that. So, but, you know, more and more people, including one particular person who I, I um, find very interesting, and I won't say I trust, but I like a lot. Um, one particular thinker, his name is Robert Wright. And Robert Wright wrote a, a few books. Non-Zero is one of them. He does a lot of research and work related to like dealing with global politics and, and globalization and different issues related to that. Um, but he's also of the mind and thinking more so in terms of this one state solution. When I look at this particular chart and I think about the two-state solution. My concern with the two-state solution is that it doesn't really stay, stay as a solution. It stays as, you know, um, more so ongoing conflict between two states in perpetuity. So, you know, because there's just ways in which we maintain that at oddship between them um, like that sun opposing the sun, and there's other things that also highlight that, that it's going to be hard for mutual ground. And some measure of that is that Israel may find it very difficult to resist being a destabilizing influence in this other state. Um, yeah. As, I mean, 
when I say the that, like the that. territorial, I mean, there's a couple of things, right? You know, uh, the notion of, of, you know, Israel being pushed into the sea. Uh, was it the seven day war, seven, seven days war? Mm-hmm. Um, and then becoming victorious. And then it's like, okay, since you tried to obliterate me, we're going to push back and we're going to keep, you know, there's, I don't see a solution here. <laughs> Period. Well, I don't no, see any absolving this conflict. Well, I, mean, I can't read the charts, but. Right, but with the, the, and that's true to some degree. There's definitely what this chart testifies to is that there's, there's lingering moments and points of acrimony between these two charts. Like if, this, if they were a couple, I would say, you know, if y'all want to be together, you either perpetually have to be on the run, meaning like doing stuff and, you know, having different homes, because there's some way in which you're always going to experience having some need for um, change, you know, and when I say change, I'm making it sound positive, but since we're talking about two countries, we're talking about a certain level of volatility, especially one affecting the other that always, you know, is a destabilizing influence. They have several profound oppositions that find it very difficult for them to be on the same page. Now, when I say that, you might say like, well, then, you know, there is, like you just said, there's no solution. Well, the solution could be, like I said, it's kind of the same thing. You know, what happens when you have, you know, um, I'll give an interesting example. I think I'm speaking farther into the future. Um, but I'll mention this one. So it's going to be a question in the 21st century and probably into the first part of the 22nd century, whether Pakistan and India stay separate countries, Mm. right? Now, on some level, I think Pakistan has long been struggling to maintain itself related in relation, direct relation to India. And they may be going inevitably toward a particular point of conflict. And so at some point they may have to come together. Similarly, we saw an interesting thing, a similar thing with Germany, right? Even though we saw the dissolution of the Russian, you know, the USSR, um, it became apparent that East Germany was not gonna be able to maintain itself in relation to Germany. So there had to be some way in which to come together as a similar people. Now you may say like, oh, you know, well, that's not going to happen between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Well, on some degree, this is where we, you know, we get messy at times in terms of talking about the nature of the conflict. There's definitely conflict in terms of the autonomy of the Palestinian people, but there are many people within Israel, Palestinians who work alongside with Israelis, right? They are not so much in completely different worlds as we've been led to believe in the West. Right. I mean, they share, they share a father, well, publicly speaking. Right. Also that in terms of their, you know, Semitic history. So that's why, you know, I was talking about that with some brothers at the mosque. And that's why it's always weird when, you know, Jews say to Arabs, you know, you're being anti-Semitic. Like, why would I be anti-myself? We're both Semites. Right. So it's, you know, it's just like, it's not recognizing that both technically are Semites. And so there may be, there's going to have to be a way in which they find a pathway to peace. Now, what I'm talking about, though, is that some measure of the change is going to happen within the Palestinian people. And this is not unprecedented. 
you know, those who are even cursorily familiar with Palestinian history will recognize that there are actually two radical groups at one point in, um, no, there are more than that, but in Palestine. There was the PLO, of course, but there was Fatah, and then there was Hamas. Then Hamas emerged as the dominant figure over Fatah um, and then took over. What we may be looking at is some measure of key destruction related to Hamas. Hmm. That's what we may be looking at. And, and as, that means, sorry, go on. No, as Americans, I was talking to someone and they were like, you know, Biden needs to be pressured into, you know, because America could end it just by withholding funds and weapons and things, you know, America could have a great influence on what happens there. But I was like, Biden's not going, there's no, there's no benefit in him trying to solve this. This is a, you know, this is a landmine, literally, politically. Right. So where does America sit? Or does she have a seat here? No, I mean, we could look at it in terms of, we could, we could drop the, the sibling chart and the American chart where it comes in. Um, but you're, you're kind of highlighting a, a key point because we're, we're not just talking about being at odds by virtue of you know, different people and then also what Israel has done to quote unquote Palestine or I should say to the Palestinian state. We're also talking about you know, being at odds with ideologies too. So one of the reasons why the United States really does keep Israel there, it uses it as um, basically a cushion between the Shia and the Sunni, right? Um, and Israel is now developing a better relationship with the, the Sunni, right? Um, and being able to connect in Iran was once um, a big sponsor of Hamas. I don't think they are now, but, and why that's significant, Iran is Shia um, in terms of doing that. So, you know, the United States, actually has more going with its dip diplomacy. Again, this is not my personal view. I'm not expressing this as my view related to the United States. Um, but the United States, as you're saying, probably has a lot more um, invested in keeping Israel um, at, in its current power and even crushing Hamas than allowing Hamas to exist. The views this expressed is, in this, in this, in this uh, video are not- and, and with, right. and, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. What, no, 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 I was just doing a disclaimer for you. Um, right. And also, I mean, this is actually even, um, being, Israel reached out to the United States and supposedly gave the United States incontrovertible proof that in destroying the Hamas media building that it was housing terroristic activity. The one that took and, out AP and Algeria, Al Jazeera? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So it showed it to the United States. So the United States is not going to really do anything. Um, it may allow Israel to crush or attempt to crush Hamas. Now, I think, like I said, there's something else that's percolating for the Palestinian people in Palestine that may require a reconfiguration of a political arm that um, allows things to change. I think I would be ignorant if I also didn't recognize that something's going to change in Israel. Right, um, because as Jupiter goes into Pisces in 2022, which represents the quote-unquote enemy, you know, the the partner, the the other, 
I think that's going to signify some kind of way in which Israel also feels like it has to concede and, and do something else related to what it's doing. And that's not just going to come from external pressure from the United States or the world and saying like, no, just stop it. Be friends. Can't we all just get along? It's not going to come just from that. Because we also have to recognize Israel is doing this almost with having a, a blip show, you know, not say the actual word, a blip show of a government. It barely has a government. Right. And, and Netanyahu wasn't wildly popular. No. I mean, he was, he was under investigation. Brooke. Yeah. Or uh, allegedly. So, I, mean. I mean, so I think there's also some regrounding that Israel will do or will need to do in order to stay viable. I mean, it's a destabilizing point for both countries. And what I mean by that is as this planet, Uranus, which was here when they were, when Palestine state was created, Uranus now is in Taurus, right? So let me just swap this for a second and put Israel in the center. So Uranus is, has been going into this, what we call the seventh house of the Israel independence chart. So this is a reconfiguration of what's happening in relation to their public and themselves. And that's gonna heighten. And so they recognize that something has to change for Israel as well. And this is why we have bizarre things that have been happening in the last two years where you know we have diplomatic, the resumption of diplomatic relations between Saudi Arabia, between these different Arab nations. Mm -hmm. And you know, for those, I mean, this is especially gonna be perceptive for, perceptive for Muslims and other people involved in knowing about that history. They recognize what's going on. It's like, oh, y'all mobilizing more so against Iran and other parts. I was just going to say, we might need to look at the Iranian, Iranian oh, chart. Sure. Um, oh, for sure. The revolution chart? Yeah. I mean, this, uh, you know, I've been talking about this for years, especially as Uranus is going more into Taurus. The United States, you know, it's either going to be the United States or it's going to be Israel, has definitely been poking um, its stick at Iran. And I'm just going to say it for the record, Iran is not Iraq, right? And that's not me kind of like saying Iraq is a punk country or blah, blah, blah. It's not, but it's literally three times, this, Iran is three times the size of Iraq. It also has- It doesn't have three factions of Islam fighting and warring under its roof. It is- And, and the Persians are very prideful and prideful of their history, even though, you know, they've been struggling under the ulama, you know, you know, in terms of the revolution and most of its population is under 30 um, or just about 30 and hasn't been as happy with that. But it's not, you know, even though it's been struggling under the boycotts and the embargoes that it has, there's still a good number of people who have money and it has a very different terrain, and it actually has a stronger military than Iraq had. So, you know, these countries are really poking at the wrong bear. And I do believe at some point, Iran might even develop nuclear capability, and it won't be shy about using it. Yeah, I, I feel that too. Oh, all right. Aside from the chart, any predictions? Besides I that, 
we we probably think, cannot be poking around. We're going to be looking at, I mean, as we're going toward, we got a couple things. Let me just do the reverse and actually we'll do something else. I'll just show the Palestinian chart. I'm not going to focus on the um, Israeli chart because I, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be completely objective here and say like, my heart just goes out for Israel and for Palestine. You know, as a Muslim, I'm also very much rooting for Palestine, right? And for things to, you know, and it's the Palestinian people who are being killed in greater numbers. I mean, like, you know, there's no question, like you mentioned in terms of military might, Palestinians have rocks and, you know, Israelis have missiles. One of the, one of the concerns I have, um, you know, especially I'm gonna talk more so about the next few months is that um, Palestine is going to be dealing with a pretty powerful set of eclipses um, that, that's, that would signify it being rocked to its core. This is not going to be just like what we've seen, you know, from 2014 or 2018, you know, I'm not remembering the years exactly, where, you know, there's been these conflicts and then things kind of go back to normal. This is going to be a completely new normal for Palestine. And what I also think is that they're going to have to think hard about how their government works or doesn't work for them. How Hamas, on some level, even though Hamas has done what it felt like it needed to do in terms of the attacks on Aqsa Mosque and other things that have been happening. Um, so I think, um, I think there's going to be a different recalibration um, or there needed to be, you know, the attacks on Israel because you know um, Hamas have had actually tried to change things um, or intervene, but Israel wouldn't listen. Uh, but I don't know if Hamas really is going to stay as viable as it has been. Um, and and who's their leader? I mean, we I, I grew up in the era of Yasser Arafat. But that's PLO. I Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. But I can't name the leader of the Palestinian people. I don't. I don't know either. I mean, I might be able to sum up his chart. Maybe we can do that next week. So I think when we between these eclipses that are happening, between Uranus um, moving opposite to the Pluto and then eventually to the Mercury, between the upcoming Mercury retrograde toward the end of the month, I think we're going to see some measure of a protracted struggle that takes us into June, and then things will will start to shift. When I say start to shift, where maybe there might be, you know, even a call for different elections or questions about government or may need to because leaders are not around. Yeah, I think so, Netanyahu is, is probably going to be out. I think he's going to be right, out. Right. And I think there's going to be a new leader who's going to- For the, for the seem, Palestinian people too. Yeah, but he's the new leader is going to seem like he's a peace loving person, but I don't think he is going to be. But that's just a prediction. I know nothing about these charts. Um, right. but, and, and those of you who want to know about retrograde and Mercury, we've done that already. So look back in previous episodes yeah. for that. How long is this Mercury and retrograde going to last? Another 21 days and until, um, I don't have my, I can tell you. Here we go. Um, until June, I'll tell you the exact date because it starts the 29th um, of May. And then it goes, because Mercury only retrogrades for about 21 days. Because people seem to think like it's interminable and it's not. Um, it goes until pretty much, depending on where you are in the world, the 21st or 22nd of June. 
Okay. All right. Well, till so, next time. Yeah. So I think, yeah, with that Mercury, you know, we're going to see, in, considering that it's in Gemini, which is at the top of the Palestinian chart, that really does mean that there's going to be some renegotiation, re, re, you know, changes in terms of how things are happening. But like I said, I don't think that really starts to kick in until toward the, the, the end of the month or during June. So if people are like hoping like, well, let's hope this is over within a week or two, that's not what's happening. I just, um, all of the life that's being lost. Oh, and You're just looking at, I'm thinking about loss of life. I mean, like yeah. the people who are being killed in Palestine. And, and I, I said this on my radio show, Americans don't even know what that looks like because, you know, we've had the quote unquote luxury of not really having too many wars fought on these soils. You know, we haven't had too many people dropping bombs on us. You know, we had 9-11 and then uh, before that it was a civil war, you know, and even 9-11, we're talking about God, God bless everybody that lost somebody, but we're still not, we're talking about less than 3,000, 4,000 people. There are pictures, you know, what a Palestinian street looked like at the start of Ramadan and what it looks like now, right? And they're ghastly, right? In terms of them initially looking like they're thriving, people bustling at night markets, things out in the street, you know, in terms of food and shopping and all that. And now it's rubble. Rubble. Okay. All right, y'all. Uh, at him, SF Reynolds on Twitter. Oh, well, sorry. I got to oh. say, um, I have to, it's SF Reynolds on Instagram. I'm going to announce a new Twitter account. I lost my Twitter account. Gone. What happened? You got banned? You in no, I didn't jail? get banned. No, what I didn't get banned. What'd you do? I didn't log in in 30 days. Oh, because um, of Ramadan. Ramadan. And they and they snatched your account? Yep. Well, come on, Jack. What you doing? All right. And, so I'm gonna I'm gonna supplicate, but that's SF Reynolds is gone and I'm gonna okay. come up with a new one. All right. Well, you can always reach him at unlockastrology.com. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. Thank you, Keymaster. Appreciate you. Um Thank you. Yes, no, you are amazing. And uh, folks, you can also, of course, leave a comment because Sam be in the comments. Sam be in yeah. the comments. Yes. So I'll check them out. I didn't check out yesterday, but I'll, I'll check them out. Yeah, go, go check the comments. Um, I appreciate you and I will see you next week. Love you. Bye.